Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to learn how to turn your family traditions into holiday unit studies with our special guest, Melissa Brander. Um, welcome, Melissa, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, I just say rejoining us. Um, you're back as, as a repeat guest, um, and I'm super excited to talk to you. So welcome back. Thank you so much, Peggy. I'm super excited to be back here again. It was wonderful uh, to be back here. And if you want to check out my other episode that I recorded, you can go yes. ahead and look for that. It's all about library resources. So I'm excited to be back mm-hmm. today talking about uh, creating unit studies out of your uh, family traditions surrounding the holidays. And because I think this is going to be really helpful and hopefully help mm-hmm. you relax a little bit about the holidays and feel like there are lots of opportunities for learning in mm-hmm. a lot of the things you're already doing. So I'm so excited to be here and share with you today, Peggy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too, because last time when we chatted on library things, you blew my mind as to, to you know what we could do at the library. And I thought I was pretty well versed in the library. So um, so if you're just popping in and thinking, you know, well, you know, we can kind of build tra- family traditions, you've got to listen to Melissa because um, she has some great out of the box things that we just ways that she thinks and um, uses resources and so you'll definitely want to join this conversation and we do want you to be part of this conversation if you're joining us live um, pop into the the feed either on Facebook or YouTube and um, let us know that you're there um, say hi let us know where you're you're watching from and um, and also just any questions you might have like okay, well, we've got this family tradition. What are some ideas that you have? Um, and we'll brainstorm with you and, and help you come up with that stuff so you aren't going, well, this is all great information, but I don't know how to apply this. <laughs> That's why we're live and we would love to help you out. And if you have any friends that you think may be interested in this topic, share this. Um, send them an email with the link to the YouTube Um Tag them on Facebook. Do you know whatever um, whatever you want to do, and we will um, we'll make sure that we um, we address that. And we have Ken already watching us from Colorado. Welcome, Ken. We are glad that you are with us. Um, so so yes, and and we understand homeschool moms, homeschool dads, um, homeschooling um, parents that are are single that are working. Um, our, the homeschooling community itself has grown so much. And um, so, Melissa, I would love for you, first of all, to just share a little bit of your background and your, your story. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, it's Ginger from Colorado. She must be, be using um, her husband's uh, 
YouTube account. So, uh, well, welcome, Ginger. We're glad to have you with us. Um, but, but yeah, so just a little bit about your background and um, your homeschooling experiences and, and just, you know, how you kind of found yourself homeschooling, first of all, and then we'll, we're going to dive into the topic as we, um, we gain some more viewers. So, so yeah, let's, let's kick that off. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Melissa and I run uh, Pocket Homeschool and my kids, I have two boys, they're eight and 10. And um, we've been really fortunate that they've been homeschooled their whole lives. And mm. so we live in the Midwest and we spend a lot of times exploring a lot of different subjects and a lot of different uh, mm. ideas and books. And just there's so many ideas out there and so many wonderful resources that we have. I do happen to live uh, in a major metro area. And so we have uh, a lot of museums and beaches and, and other awesome things that we get to explore. Yeah. And uh, I run Pocket Homeschool, uh, which is a website where I focus on what I call smart learning, which is uh, simple to implement, meaningful mm. family experiences, academically oriented, reasonably priced tools for explorative learning. And awesome. so I think all of this, what we're talking about today with it fits into that in, yeah. in like creating those meaningful family experiences and finding simple ways that you can extend the learning about your family traditions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and yeah. And when we were, Melissa and I were talking early on in the year, I mean, like she said, it's hard to believe that this episode has already come up because we plan them so far out and, um, and just with, the, the type of focus that she has, this just fits so well. And so actually we're this whole month, we're going to be talking about unit studies and holiday unit studies specifically. Um, and so this is just the first of four or actually five episodes. We have five in November. And so usually it's four that we focus on. We thought well, we're going to have enough content to get you through the holidays and beyond. Um, <laughs> maybe for many years to come. Um, but, but yeah, so that that's kind of our focus here in, in November um, this year of 2022. So Melissa, as we we think about that unit study, um, that's something for like me, an old homeschooler, I'm very familiar with unit studies are, you know, just one of those, those main um, methodologies for homeschooling that I was introduced to way back when. Um, but for, for new homeschoolers, I think it's, it isn't as clear of a, a line drawn because there's just so much curriculum out there that do use, some of use a unit study approach, but they aren't specifically called unit studies. So what does it mean when we say we're going to do a, a unit study? That's a really great question. And I think like for me, when I think about defining a unit study, I think mm -hmm. the best way that I have to think about it is instead of starting with a subject area like math, reading, mm. etc. You're starting with a topic. Like in this one, we would be talking about traditions. And so yeah. then you're you're looking at that topic through the lens of saying, okay, how can we incorporate different types of learnings about this same topic mm -hmm. and everything is kind of oriented around a similar topic or theme. And there are so many different ones. I create some sometimes yeah. on my website and I like for example, I have one about Mozart and one about recycling. And so those mm. are not subject areas, but those right. are topics where you're going to be exploring your different skills, your learning skills, mm -hmm. uh, all centered around that same uh, subject or that same topic. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I know those, they, they tend to work for my kids well on the spectrum who didn't like changing. Um, they're, they, they just didn't like change. And so even though we were doing like maybe something related to history and then something related to reading, um, or writing, it was all based around that we're on topic. So it almost didn't seem like a transition to them. Um, and so that made it a whole lot easier. And so I know early on when I was starting to look at curriculums that it just made a lot of sense to me that my, my kids were going to, um, it wasn't going to be as abrupt of a change throughout the day if we were focusing all around that one subject. And 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 so, yeah. I think the nice thing about unit studies is that uh, you you can go all in and make a whole curriculum out of unit studies, or you can just incorporate one and do it alongside the other learning that you do. So they're right. really flexible mm. in that sense, in that you can use them in a lot of different ways. They can yeah. be just a part. You can just take some time and explore one area on mm-hmm. the side, or you can uh, make that everything that you're doing for, for a while. So you can really do it, um, in whatever different way works best for your family. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and that, that's such a good point that, um, that we can, we can kind of customize it the way that, um, it best works for, for a family. Um, there's no one way to do it right and that really you can't do it wrong <laughs> so so that makes it super easy um creative minds homeschooling is is joining us too on um youtube welcome there's so many ways and so that's why i'm super excited to be spending this entire month and having some different people speak into this um topic because they're each going to approach this in a very different manner um and and how awesome is that, that, um, that you get all these different ideas and, um, and, you know, one guest may relate better to you than another one. Um, and, and their, their approach, but, but I'm, I'm excited that we're going to talk, talk about family traditions because Melissa and I were talking about this prior to the, the broadcast getting started. And it seems like the holidays, we feel like we've got all these things we got to fit in. (laughs) And I know for me too, especially since my husband comes from a family that has a lot of traditions and some of them are pretty crazy. I don't even know how they got incorporated into what we call holiday traditions. (laughs) Um, But, but you know, it, it isn't the holidays for him if we don't do them. And so you can kind of feel this stress. Like I I'm homeschooling yet. I've got all this other stuff that, um, that, we we should be working on and incorporating and um we we don't want to make this more stressful for you and that's why we're talking about um holiday traditions after a word from our sponsor we'll dive back into this conversation This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. What are some other reasons um, that a family might want to create a unit study using holiday traditions? 
I think uh, one of the best reasons to create a unit study of using holiday traditions, besides because they're already something that you're doing, is because it can really foster that sense of family closeness. Mm, and it yeah. can also connect you into your history, like your personal family history, or if it's a tradition that many people uh, participate in, it can also connect you to the bigger uh, history of that tradition. Because not all right. traditions are unique, right? Some traditions, mm -hmm. many people participate in. And part of uh, family uh, unit study about the traditions that you have could be researching the history of that tradition. Where did it come yeah. from? Who is the first people mm. who started doing this? Because mm -hmm. there is... Oftentimes, if it's something that a lot of people do, there's history tied to it that can be surprising. Right. And it can yeah. also open the door uh, mm. to these conversations about history and about other subject areas and just about what's right. important to you as a family. Like maybe mm. you have never sat down and thought about why your family does these traditions, what it is about these traditions are important to your family. And so sharing that with yeah. your kids really builds a sense of family and togetherness in your, mm -hmm. in your family. That's so true. We, we get into these modes where we're, we're doing things, but we aren't discussing what's behind them. I mean, <laughs> there's some like crazy things, you know, people talk about, you know, recipes and cutting off the end of something, you know, and, yes. and yeah, I, I just remember reading, I don't remember what the recipe was, but, and then it was like carried on down the line. And then people are like, why do you make the roast that way? And it's like, well, cause mom did that. And then they find yes. out like, like grandma, great grandma down here. The reason she did it is because her pan was too small, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea why we do what we do. And yes. um, so, so there, that, that learning that's involved, why did it get started? You know, and it can apply to so many things and create yes. such a uh, depth and wealth of conversation with, with our kids um, yes. and, and really make us as parents revisit. Why do we do what we do? Um and 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 maybe even start some new traditions too. Yes. You never know. Um, and and so that's 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 powerful because we we can come sometimes just go through the paces of life. And I think sometimes to you know holidays end up being that way, but homeschooling can also be that way. Sure. And and so you getting back to why are we doing this and then being purposeful with it with your own kids. And, and that's a good life lesson in general. Yes. Um, instead of just saying, well, we've always done it this way, you know, let's revisit um, what, what's the meaning behind it yes. and, um, and make it more meaningful overall. Um, yeah. So any, any other um, reasons that a family might want to, create a unit study using family traditions? Um, I mean, sometimes it's just fun to do something a little different around the holidays, especially if you need to uh, take a little break around your holidays, but you don't want to take like mm. a complete break. Yeah. It can be nice to, f to fill in something so you feel like you're still getting in some learning uh, without having to uh, take a full break. Because I know for some kids, that routine of still continuing on with mm. doing learning activities is really important because having a shift in that yes. routine is really hard for some kids. Mm. So it can mm -hmm. be uh, better sometimes to keep schooling, even when it might feel like you want to take a break, but it, <laughs> yes. might, it might not be what's uh, 
what's the best thing for your kids at that moment. And so mm. having something where you can feel like, okay, we are still in our routine, but also you can take a step back a little bit and give yourself a little bit of a breather. Yes. Yeah. That, that is very true. And um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of a year by year, you know, family yes. by family type of um, decisions that you make. And I know Creative Minds Homeschooling even said that we've had to let go some of our family traditions because it became too stressful with homeschool yes. and kids activities. Um, and that, that is one extra thing, you know, activities for kids during the holidays. Yes. Like between, you know, church and other groups you go to, they have performances and all these other things that happen during that time that you do need to make room for, too. Yes. And, and sometimes that can be a way to to figure out what traditions are really important to your family that's and which true. ones you're just mm -hmm. doing because you feel the pressure to do them. Because yeah. sometimes when something has been done a really long time in your family, mm -hmm. it feels hard to say this is, doesn't work for us. But sometimes right. <laughs> you need to recognize that there are traditions that no longer work for you and mm -hmm. release yourself from that expectation of having to continue them on for the sake of continuing them on. Right. Yes. That, that's a great point because we can just do them because, well, it's what we've always done versus revisiting and saying, what is the meaning or purpose? Yes. And is it really something that we want to be spending our time? Um, and so, yeah, that, that push yeah. um, that we, we get when our plates get too full. Um, yeah. We shouldn't be saying, well, let's just power through this. I mean, nobody's going to appreciate the holidays <laughs> for yeah. just powering through them. Um, and yeah, and we, we've we had things with our families. What, like I went vegan and I took all the sugar out of my diet. And it's like, there's certain recipes I just don't even make anymore because yeah. I can't make alternatives. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of pointless. And, um, and so, yeah, my... My, unfortunately, my kids are older and, you know, those traditions are well embedded in them. As, yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing to be thinking about is you're, you're developing traditions that you're going to have to live by now the rest yeah. of your life. <laughs> and they're always going to say, and mom made this or mom did this. And, and then, yeah, you, yeah you're stuck because <laughs> those are good memories for them. So, yeah, it's, um, all those things to be to be thinking about. So what are some areas that a family could study when creating unit studies using their family traditions? Because we kind of talked a little bit yeah. about how we can take that one topic and yeah. and kind of spread it out and do some creative things with it. That's a great question. I think like the sky is kind of the limits, but mm. to give you some like examples, yes, that would um, be like great. We already talked a little bit about history and the things mm -hmm. that you can do with history. Um, you could potentially look at science areas, depending on hmm. what your tradition is. Um, like for example, I know uh, like with Christmas trees, you could do some experimentation um, with like the needles and and different things like that. Oh, yeah. um, and you could uh, also incorporate some uh, language arts with some reading and writing. You can have them mm. write about write about your traditions and what it means to you. You could have them interview family members, other family members who oh, do traditions yeah. and have them like that skill of not only like writing out the information, but like taking in the information and mm. then 
turning that information into uh, like a paragraph or a short booklet or, or something mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. about the traditions in your family. Uh, you could uh, take a field trip, um, mm-hmm. I mean, be, but there are often different uh, places that mm. might be associated with your tradition or you know yeah. if one of your traditions maybe is that like you put up a Christmas tree every year and there's mm-hmm. going to be a big thing where a bunch of different people have decorated Christmas trees. You can go look and that's kind of like oh, an extension yeah. of seeing mm-hmm. what other people do with their Christmas trees. And yes. um, when I was in high school, actually, I studied German. And one of the things that we got to do is in Chicago, there's a, a really big German Christmas market. So we got mm. to visit there and see like um, how some of the traditions uh, are carried forward to this day. And so if you have a strong cultural traditions, you can also look for opportunities in your community if there are to, to experience some of those more um, traditions that are associated specifically with your culture. And so there's lots of Mm. different areas and lots of different ways. If you're doing cooking, you can incorporate some math into that. Mm. And so really as many ideas as you can think of, you you can incorporate them. Sometimes Mm. it just takes sitting down and thinking about it a little creatively and um, thinking, okay, these are the things that normally we would like to cover. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to cover uh, do some language arts and some uh, different things like that. And just think right. about it and just think for a few minutes, like how can I tie these together? Because everyone's mm-hmm. traditions are unique. Sometimes they're the same, but sometimes right. they're unique too. Mm-hmm. And then no, even when we share traditions, no two families are going to carry out that's that tradition true. exactly yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it can be fun. And if you, if you don't have any family that you're carrying on the traditions of, you could also um, ask, have your kids ask their friends and learn about mm. their friends' traditions and oh, what they yeah. do and why they yeah. do it and, um, and get them thinking about mm-hmm. it and um, writing and, and doing some different things or expressing, drawing pictures of, of different traditions too, for kids who uh, struggle with mm-hmm. writing or who are not ready yet for writing. Mm-hmm. So think about where your kids levels are, uh, right. even, even just, uh, having them put together like a little, a little book and say, this is our tradition book and inside mm-hmm. having pictures drawn of their traditions. Oh, yeah. And then they can tell you a sentence about the tradition and you can write that down in their book. And then they'll have that as a, as a, as a keepsake for when they get older, mm-hmm. but also um, have them, have them having thought about it and right. started some of those early uh, pre-writing skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, that idea about that keepsake book. Um, and because as they do get older, you know, they, they, you know, for a while in their teens, they're like, why do we do this? Um, and you can say, here, you were excited about it. Um, <laughs> um, but we, you could even create one of those memory books that is like printed and, yeah. and have them take photographs, you know, if they don't want to be right drawing pictures, but um, just kind of like a keepsake time, type yes. of Christmas album you could even pull out every year and say, this is how we did this last year. And yes. um, 
There are and, so many different mm-hmm. uh, ways too to to document it, even just beyond mm. uh, writing or drawing or photographs. You could have them think about taking a recording, like what are the sounds associated yes. with our tradition? What is the mm-hmm. music associated with our tradition? Not all traditions have music associated with them. Right. For me, uh, I'm a Christian and I grew up in the church. So a lot of Christmas is associated with music for me. And I have mm-hmm. songs that I think about. So that's another right. subject area you could bring in with some music. If music mm. is a part of your tradition, mm-hmm. you could learn the history of the songs that you sing. Where did they come yes. from? Who wrote them? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we sing these songs? And what do the words really mean? Because sometimes, especially mm-hmm. if you've grown up singing a song and it's just a part of your memory, you don't always like think about the actual words of the song. Right. That's some good, yes. uh, that's that's so some good literary analysis, even though mm-hmm. you might not think of it as literary analysis, to think about what a song actually means it's mm. it's, a, it's a kind of poetry and so you're incorporating that uh thinking about that and looking mm. at it like you would a poem but instead of looking at a poem you're looking at a song that's a part of your holiday traditions yeah yeah and and what good um good material you know to yes. have on a regular basis to to um to to base those those annual traditions in as you're you're gaining that knowledge year yeah. after year with your kids it just embeds that the importance and the significance of of those traditions um each year so i know we you don't have to oh sorry yeah. you oh, don't no. have to Go look ahead. at it all at once maybe there's a yes. lot of, <laughs> a lot of songs that you a lot of songs that you hold dear on the holidays i could probably name like 10 off the top of my head yeah but even just looking at one mm-hmm. is, is more than looking at zero and if every year you right. looked at a different one mm-hmm. eventually you would have a deeper richer more beautiful understanding of these songs that you sing yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We we've dove into a variety of things, and my kids were never really into music, so I kind of strayed away from that. But yeah. but if your family's very into music, you know, definitely go with that. Um, my kids always liked just cultural things, and so we actually did a variety of unit studies based around different cultures, Christmas traditions, um, and you know, for us. My family, my husband and I are each half or quarter Norwegian. And so we joined the Historical Society when we lived in Minnesota. And they had a a house that the, the Norwegian historical society owned and they would decorate it for Christmas um, with the traditional decorations. And so we would make sure we visited there every year because they had people reenacting and doing yes. things, making traditional recipes that I probably wasn't going to be very good at, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> although we make lefse every year. If you know what that is, it's, it's a whole time consuming thing. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, you, you just um, diving into that, that historic, um, but also cultural tradition yes. can be very rewarding. Has your family done anything in that manner or do you have anything yeah. to say about those cultural um, So in my church every year, uh, we, uh, this is what I can think of that most related to that in, in like in my church every year, we put up Christmas trees and they have these special white and gold, uh, ornaments called Christmas. And, uh, one year in the back of church, they said, Oh, there's booklets that explain what each of the 
Chris Mons represents. And hmm. so then we took one home and we, we looked over it and we read it. And then when we went to church the next week, we were able to look and say, oh, there's the Chris Mon that represents this because they all represent different, uh, like names of God or part of God's hmm. story. So we were able to, uh, connect that. Um, and like sometimes around the holidays, it's just like keeping your ears and eyes open for those opportunities to, because that wasn't on my radar at all. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard about it, I was like, well, uh, we could probably use this. So I picked (laughs) up one of the little booklets and now we, we like kept it. And every year, uh, we look at it again to remind ourselves what all those Mm. different ornaments mean. And so, uh, that's, that's that's a fun thing that I really really incorporates both uh, kind of tradition and our our faith uh, together. So mm-hmm. that's a really neat opportunity. And then, of course, we have German Christmas markets. My family is no. primarily German, and mm. um, my city just started one recently. But uh, maybe someday I'll take them to the big one in Chicago. But it's a little bit more of a drive during a time uh, of year when driving can be kind of sketchy in the Midwest right. with, uh-huh. with the weather. So right. mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point, too, in that there is so much out there yes. that sometimes we just don't have the eye, our eyes open looking for because we're looking for curriculum. Um, we're, we're thinking, oh, you know, what? what is that little piece of paper going to do or that, that posting on that, you know, that blog on that website. And um, I think Karasu, the dreamer brings up a good point. Um, say that they celebrate Yule winter solstice. It's hard to find resources. And then they mention this Beth Griffin is the only one they know. But I think if we look for those resources other than specific curriculum, yes. we, we broaden our ability to, to um, have what we need to yes. teach um, to those subjects. You mentioned the yeah. historical society and they can be great resources because so mm. many historical societies do do things around the holidays that show how the holidays mm-hmm. were celebrated. Even if you don't have one nearby you, so many historical societies put a lot of their information yes, online nowadays true. and mm-hmm. have uh, educational videos and things like that. You can always search out your specific culture or your specific mm-hmm. holidays and mm-hmm. see what what's out there because there are so many resources Resources now, even if you're not physically close to one, so yeah. many uh, share videos and mm-hmm. reading and other information, and they might not call it curriculum, but it's there that you can use to learn from. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great point. Just there's just so much information that can be overwhelming on the yeah. on the internet. But but if you're focused in on okay, this is a tradition or this is um, something that we do, and I think that's what we're really focusing on today is. We, we don't want to add extra work to yeah. what you're doing, but we want you to enrich and enhance the things that you normally do during the holiday season. And Melissa's been giving us some really great information and ways to, to, to find those types of resources um, so that you can build those traditions right into learning, into your yeah. own home and into this holiday season um, to just make it more meaningful and yeah. um a more powerful experience too. 
And it may not be something formal always. It may just be like you were doing some searching and you found a video that really explained <laughs> something right. that you do really well. And then you mm -hmm. watch it with your kids and it, and to you, it might not even seem like, was that school? But it, but it was, but it was. And so, mm -hmm. and it's all a part of it. And so sometimes like you can be intentional about it and you can sit down and say, we want to think about these different areas and, and focus on these in our unit study. But you can also let the learning happen more naturally and, and let it sort of become its own unit study. Even if you never use the words unit study with your kids or anything like right. that, <laughs> if, you, if you just start opening yourself up to the possibility of learning more about the traditions mm -hmm. that you celebrate and that are important to you, the, the learning opportunities will sort of find you because you'll, you'll have your eyes open looking for them. Yes. And you'll have those, those openings in your school schedule too, yeah. because I think sometimes we just get, we get so packed in our school day that we don't leave that time and that space for those things that are kind of impromptu that we just yes. happen upon to happen. Like say, you know, you, you clear everything except for the basics out of your schedule during, during this holiday time. And all of a sudden you find out there's something going on. Um, that's related to something you do as a tradition or just something your family would like to enjoy, um, you have time for that now to, yes. to build that in. So, sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got quite a few viewers chatting away here. Yes, I want to build in, in some, some of their things. Um, Kara Sue had said that her family is predominantly Lithuanian and, um, and that so are her um, paternal grandparents. And so, yeah, that's, again, identifying this. This is cultural. This is yeah. what we want to get. And then they, she asked, how do you handle cultural holiday traditions with adopted kids? Um, because sometimes we don't know their cultural background. Um, do you want to address yeah, that? Yeah, I think I can. But I, I want to say right off the bat that I am not an expert in adoption. And, and so I do not want to speak for anybody. Um, I think it's best to, uh, uh, listen to the lived experience of people who have been mm. adopted. So I want to, I want to mm. say right off the bat that I've not been adopted and I've not lived that experience of being mm. adopted. But I know that one thing that many families do is that they work on reaching out to the culture that their kids are adopted from and yes. learning about it and incorporating mm. that. And so mm -hmm. I think that can be really powerful and to look for events in your community that are, um, around the, that cultural background, if, yeah. they, if they exist in your mm -hmm. community, I know that not everywhere, depending on if you live in a really small town, you're not going to have access to as many resources, but um, taking them to those events where they can uh, see uh, people who, who look like them and who um, share that cultural background to um, see how they uh, experience the holidays and the traditions that can be really impactful. I think mm -hmm. from what mm -hmm. I've learned, again, I, I'm not adopted, so I can't uh, speak to that background. Yeah, I have 10 adopted siblings, so I, I'll answer that a little bit. Um, yeah. I have I have multiple siblings that are actually Native American. And so my parents have dove into the Native American um, culture, going to powwows and a whole bunch of other things. And of course, they do have those holiday types of events and making sure that there was time in that holiday schedule to go to those events. And um, because it was culturally significant to those adopted siblings of mine that, um, that really found, you know, had 
to connect the, their identity um, with that group. And and so, yeah, just like Melissa said, just making the time and, and seeing what's available around you, it's it can make a, a huge difference and um, and really enrich your whole family's culture um, by, by learning about that and sharing it and integrating it into family traditions you had before they came into your family too. So, yeah. so Karasu, you know, any adopted children traditions in addition to your Lithuanian background, um, it, w- and that's the wonderful thing about being in the United States. We have this this melting pot of traditions, then we can mix and match them however yeah. they best suit our families. And you get to make your yeah. own traditions. Right. Like, sometimes <laughs> we think of traditions as having to have been this thing that continued mm. for many years behind us. But you know, right. if your family does something and they do it every year, that's mm-hmm. your family creating your own tradition. It doesn't have to be something that has like hundreds of years of history behind you. Even just simple things that you do every year that have come to be a part of the holiday can mm-hmm. be a tradition. So sometimes I think like if when my kids were little, I thought like, I don't have any family traditions. Like be- because my family, we didn't, we didn't have big traditions. But what mm. I realized is we had traditions. They were just much smaller and much oh, less elaborate yeah, than, yeah. than I sometimes saw portrayed from other families' traditions. So <laughs> I think mm-hmm. recognizing that it doesn't have to be a big elaborate thing mm-hmm. to be a tradition, to be a part of your family's holiday celebrations, it it can be there and also be something small, but it's right. something that yeah. you do every year mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. really meaningful to you. And that's the important part of a tradition. Right. That that really is. Um, and that that's a great thing to point out. It's not just something big and like all encompassing and yeah. sometimes overwhelming. <laughs> um, and and it can just be those smaller things. And Ginger gives us a great idea. She had said that um, the last few or many years I've made framed wall hangings of a variety of Christmas hymns and each child or grandchild created their own. I printed off the words of the Christmas hymn and they would glue or color, etc. items on the frame or the printed paper of the words. And then each child has a memory of a Christmas song to remember tradition of singing during the holiday. Um, and then for one of the songs, she said, we even did a diorama and this incorporated history, art, music, and language. Um, what a great idea. Yes. yes that's a great idea for sure. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I like uh, Ginger's other comments too about oh, how traditions were yeah. smaller because Pinterest was not around. Yes. And that's probably true. And also <laughs> Any in, Instagram in, and everything else where you yes. <laughs> got to make it and elaborate. In, <laughs> yes. In my family too, my mom was a nurse, so she wasn't always around on like the specific holiday days. So we had to have traditions mm-hmm. that were more flexible. We couldn't be like, this is the thing we do every Christmas because sometimes my mom wasn't there on Christmas because nurses don't get oh, the holidays yeah. off like a lot of other Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you you just build it around what what your family yes. does. I know my kids and Kirsty, you brought up the <laughs> orange sticky buns um, yes, as symbols of the solstice idea. and the sun. But my kids know that um, beignets are New Year's Eve or New Year's morning. <laughs> um, they expect them. I have to make beignets from scratch, and it's the the caramel rolls or sticky buns on Christmas morning. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, and I'm stuck to that tradition now, like we talked about earlier. <laughs> and I will be reminded if I don't make them. 
Yes. So, and so think carefully about those. <laughs> and when you're creating a family, right? It's kind of um, when you're married, like you, your spouse brings in their own traditions too. So we yes. have to figure out how you're going to uh, blend and meld those traditions. My husband mm-hmm. comes from a very strong Dutch background and for them it's oh. olive oil and on New Year's. And so mm. uh, I had never even heard of an olive oil and bef- when we got married, like, <laughs> Like what, what in the world is the Oli Bowl? And um, it's just like a donut thing, like so many cultures have. And it also has raisins mm. and powdered sugar and, and all of that. But I was like, I don't even know what this, what yeah. this is, but it's, a, it's, a, it's an important part of the tradition for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, just as we, you know, have friends and involved in our traditions and embracing those, or maybe, you know, you live in a very culturally diverse neighborhood, teaching your kids how your neighbors celebrate Christmas could even be a whole unit study. Um, Go around, have conversations like Melissa was talking about, or if you visit nursing homes, I know people don't do that as much now after COVID. Um, Or, you know, if you have those opportunities to, to talk to um, the older generation about what, you know, they did during yeah. the holiday seasons and how that's changed. And yeah. There's- and sometimes too, around Christmas time, if you are religious, sometimes uh, different churches will have uh, Christmas services that are entirely in another language when maybe they don't have the resources to do that uh, the rest of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's another mm-hmm. opportunity that you might be able to look for um and of course, it's different if you're if you're studying the language, but sometimes even just uh, going and listening and, and watching can be a really interesting experience. Of course, be right. respectful, right? If, if mm. you are observing somebody else's uh, cultural traditions, it's, it's important mm-hmm. to uh, be respectful in your watching and uh, and, yeah. and everything like that. So but there, there are lots of opportunities, uh, I think, around the holidays, people are willing to share. Um, what it is that makes the holidays special and important to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes it's just, uh, you know, somebody invites you to something and normally maybe you would say no, but then maybe this year you take them up on the offer. uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not like anything you've experienced before. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know like I live in Houston, Texas, where we have an incredibly culturally diverse and I work with a lot of nonprofits also um, on a regular basis. And, you know, we have immigrant um, nonprofits that um, they reach out to migrants coming, you know, immigrants coming in and um, helping them. And so their celebrations are, um, they have a lot of opportunities for you'd be able to get involved, even helping in their community serving Thanksgiving meals, um, you know, around Christmas time, being able to do some giving and getting your kids involved in those types of things during the holidays can be incorporated into your unit study as well, um, teaching those lessons. And one thing I like to say about giving, uh, and this is just something I want to include, if your Christmas feels too packed and you don't feel like you can do it, maybe sit down and think about another time of year where you can have an opportunity to give Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. Christmas is when a lot of people think to give, but oftentimes like uh, groups need that help just as much in like March and April and the summer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't, I don't want to burden anyone with adding extra things to their plate. Um, but mm-hmm. it is like giving as a value of my family and that's important. But sometimes around the Christmas season, it's really busy. And so we try and do it during mm-hmm. different times of the year when organizations need the help just as much, but people sometimes think about it a little less. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and yeah, Kirisu said, happy you're talking about cultural diversity on a Christian homeschooling page. Well, God calls us to, to embrace every culture. And I, unfortunately, some Christians don't do that well. Um, and we're sorry for that. Yes. Maybe you have gotten that impression that, um, that we, um, we can be so close-minded, um, but really we're called to love everybody. And um, as Christians, we need to show that, not just say it. And um, and then Ginger says, I think the purpose of the unit study around holiday traditions is a wonderful um, opportunity to slow down and enjoy the traditions of your family. That's so true. Um, slow down. Yeah. And not, this isn't, we're not talking about adding extra things in, just making it more meaningful and impactful. So Melissa, what are some of the things that your family loves to do as far as traditions? And how have you made those learning experiences in your own home? Kind of get to get that those juices going for some of those that are yes. thinking, how do we do this? And what does it look like? So like I said, we're kind of a, a minimalist tradition family. Like I said, <laughs> like when my kids were little, I was like, I don't even know if I have any traditions. Mm. But that's because a lot of the things that we do, we don't necessarily like uh even realize that they are traditions for a little while. Like, right. Like we, we mm-hmm. have a Christmas tree every year and that's a tradition, right. But you might mm. not think about it as a tradition because mm. lots of people do it. And because it's something that just feels normal to you, but it is a tradition. It's a choice. Right. You don't have to put up that Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And so I, one thing that we've done is my husband's family, um, besides being Dutch, they're also from Canada. So many times Mm. um, we will travel to Canada over the holidays. And then I'm like, but then I don't have a Christmas tree. So then then what we started doing on the years that we did not uh, have a a chance to put up a Christmas tree, like we could have put it up, but when we're, you're traveling for like two to three weeks and I didn't want to like take it down before Christmas, but also then like, Mm. I didn't want to take it down after we got back from that big trip. So I was like, yeah, how do I carry forward this mm, tradition? Right. So then I, um, I got a really big piece of paper on those years when we travel and we draw a Christmas tree and that gives us huh. a really fun opportunity, uh, to practice some art, but we also draw things hmm. on the tree that are important to us. We can make it mm. any kind of way oh, absolutely. that we want to make yeah. it. And, and so that's kind of a fun uh, learning art, big involved mm. project that we do, but all it's a tradition. It's like a tradition within a tradition, right? Because right. we only do it when we're traveling over the holidays and mm. that's our, our Christmas tree without a tree. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then when, when the holidays is over, then I can roll it up and I save it. And so I have all the trees oh, on those years that we've, idea. that we've made. And you could do that yeah. even if you had a real Christmas tree too, mm-hmm. or draw make another big picture of, of some part of the holidays that's important to you. It doesn't have to be a tree, but then mm-hmm. it gives your kids to draw on it the important parts of, of what they feel like the tradition means to them. Right. And we always do probably our biggest tradition uh, is an advent calendar with books. Mm. I know this idea has is is all over the the Internet. Um, When we started it, uh, my mother in law saw saw it on Pinterest or wherever. uh, (laughs) Oh, Pinterest. Yes. (laughs) She made us a little a little advent calendar um, like out of wood, she's very mm-hmm. handy. Um, so that it has like little tags for the numbers mm-hmm. that we can put onto our, onto our books. And then, uh, I wrap them all up. And mm-hmm. so then there's, uh, 
there's books that we like some of the books in there are just fun Christmas books, mm -hmm. but some of the books in there also are books that teach about uh, the traditions and why we do them and, mm -hmm. and everything like that. So Ooh, excuse me. It's really exciting for my yeah. kids. And even though like one thing that I do to like keep that on the budget is I use books that we already have. Mm. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't go out and buy new books every year. I, I, by now, like between thrift stores and everything, I've yeah. amassed enough that I can do every day and even switch it out some years. So I'm not doing the exact same books, but mm. there are some books that we just have to do. You have to read. Day, yes, exactly. Every year. Mm -hmm. Like, um, there's this one book we have actually from my husband's childhood. This is his oh, Christmas wow. tradition uh -huh. that we incorporated into our new Christmas tradition as a family. Hmm. And it's a book, um, with these mice and and they have like an audio recording with it and everything and the mice oh, wow. sing a song about <laughs> it being merry christmas eve eve so we mm. always read that one on christmas eve eve um oh, and that's cool. like a fun <laughs> tradition and it's a way that we could bring this book uh mm -hmm. from my husband's childhood also into um into into my kids childhood in a, in a way yeah. that was unique to us so that's another thing about traditions you mm -hmm. can take a tradition from your childhood and you can say well i like that tradition but how do i how does that tradition make oh, sense for yeah. our family now uh -huh. and, mm. and and when your kids are old enough, even asking them about that and asking them to mm -hmm. come up with new ideas, you can't, you can't measure that in anything, but it's creativity. It's, it's thinking about things and why we do things. And that's, you couldn't write it down and say like, this was this subject, but it's still an mm -hmm. important part of the learning process to think about those things that we do and, and to invite them to think about what they want to do too. And what, mm. what are the traditions that matter most to them? Because sometimes we are just going along doing things, you know, like we talked about mm. going through the motions and right. we think these are the parts that are important to our kids. But when we talk to them, we realize it's actually these parts that uh -huh. we were not even considering or thinking about at all. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. There's, it's the depth it's yes. it's getting getting past the well let's do checked off the box we we did yep. that one um yep. and there's so much more to it and if yeah. we're purposeful and i think that's the yes. key if you know if we focus on these traditions as learning opportunities instead of just that box to check yes it's going to have such a greater impact on your holidays yes. because you know why you're doing what you're doing and you're teaching that to your children yes. and just yes, slowing down and telling them, you know, like we do this because I did this and like sharing a memory mm. of your experience from when you did it as a child, if it's something you did as yeah. a child or if it's uh -huh. a tradition that you created um, for your mm. family, explaining to them because sometimes we just do them and we don't take the time to say like, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom yeah. did this for me, your grandma did this for me. Mm -hmm. And um, it always made me feel so warm and cozy inside. Oh, so yeah. that's now why I do yeah. it with you. And that mm. like, sometimes we think of there's like big history, right? Which is the stuff that happened and it happened to lots right. of people and everything yep. like that. Mm -hmm. But there's also the little history, the little history of your, your own family and your yes. own traditions. And mm. even just 
uh, thinking and talking about that with your family uh, mm-hmm. helps your kids to understand past uh, events and how they how they affect other people, even just within right. a small a small section of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that family history is so important. Yeah. You know, talking about generations before us, and and um, yeah, it's that like. Ginger said that storytelling that um, we we lose so much sight of. Our kids are so enthralled with videos and you know games and all of this that our families have those those engaging components about them that we forget to that we need to be the conveyors of that. And and this is such a a special time of year that we can embrace that and um, and share that with our kids. Yes, when I was in uh, college, I ended up getting this assignment about writing about women in my family. And I and I mm. called up my grandma and I asked her all of these questions. And she told me stories that I had no idea about oh, that I had wow. never heard of before. Mm. And, it, mm. it, and I saw this like whole new side of my grandma. And I think mm. sometimes, uh, especially for young kids, um, especially if it's relatives that they don't see a lot, it can it can be hard. It can, it's hard for kids to realize that they had a past before they were their grandma or their grandpa yeah, or their other uh-huh. family member that they like existed as a person beyond mm. just who they are to you. And so right. holidays can present a really good opportunity for mm. asking your relatives, especially your older relatives who may not be around as long about the right. traditions that they celebrated when they were growing up mm. about what parts of uh Christmas and other holidays were important to them because mm-hmm. they they might celebrate tradition celebrated traditions that just never carried on into the into the future True. and, yeah. and um, so it's an opportunity to ask and to learn and mm-hmm. to not only build that bonding but have a, a deeper appreciation of uh, of them as as people because because you don't know a lot about them like outside of 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 who they are with you. And when you're a little kid, it's hard to imagine. It's like when you were a little kid and you would see like a teacher in the store and it like, it just, you never thought before about how like they all, they had a life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Happen with relatives that we don't see as often. Yeah. It's very true. You don't Mm -hmm. think that one, one time, a long time ago, your grandma was also the same age as you were and what yeah. was important to her when she was that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what a perfect time of year to be yeah. you know, bringing that up and and sharing those stories and, and being intentional yeah. um, to, to do that. I, I think it, it is a, a it just should be a reminder for us when we start thinking family traditions about just the more encompassing big picture that we can give our children during this time of year. Um, You don't have older relatives in your Mm -hmm. life. You may have other, other people in your life who, who are like family, but not Mm. blood related. And, you know, you can always ask them or you can always invite them to share your traditions with you. It doesn't have to be just people that you are related to by blood. There are other people around you um, Mm -hmm. who might love to be incorporated into your family holiday celebration who might not uh, have other people in their lives to, to ask them. And so keeping your eyes open for those opportunities too can be really wonderful mm-hmm. to create new traditions and new memories with uh, other people that you care about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, we are wrapping up our time and I would love, um, Melissa, for you to talk about some of the resources that you have, including a a guide or workbook on this exact subject that you have to share with our viewers. So talk a little bit about that. Yes, I created um, a little workbook for you to help you. It's a really, I want to say it's it's a no stress kind of workbook. Um, it's just, <laughs> it just helps you to start thinking about what traditions you have. And it has a bunch of different examples of different subject areas in there to help you think about how you might incorporate different subject areas and some mm. brainstorming sheets and also some uh, writing prompts for your kids. If you have older kids or you just mm. have younger kids that you want to think about um, to have those uh ideas there for them to write about their traditions um, and get some uh, writing practice in that way. And I wanted to say that very soon um, I'm going to be running a promotion and you'll be able to get that for free. So if you Mm -hmm. sign up for my newsletter now, you'll have all the details. I can't share all the details yet today, Mm -hmm. but within the next few weeks, there's an opportunity um, where I'm going to be giving that away for free. But if you're listening to this next year or in December or Mm -hmm. farther on, um, I did create a special coupon code uh, empower and that gets you uh, 50% off the creating uh, a unit study out of your family traditions. And it's very inexpensive already. So, um, so so thank you for doing that, Melissa, because I know it's, it's one less thing that we have to do is try to find, you know, brainstorming sheets and all those things. So if you're listening on the podcast and you can't see the screen and see Melissa's website, it's pockethomeschool.com and it's spelled just like you would spell pocket for your pants um, or shirt, um, pockethomeschool.com. And so what else you got on your website um, that parents can take advantage of too? Uh, I have a lot of other principles, a lot of other unit studies. If you like unit studies, I have Mm. uh, some what I think are kind of unique topics like Mozart and wetlands and some Mm. other different unit studies. And I also, if you really want some more uh, personalized support, I do have a membership called the Smart Homeschool Society. And in there I do workshops and I send out text encouragement and and Mm. other things like that to really help you feel supported in your homeschool. Um, It's really uh, reasonably priced uh, for everything that you get. Mm. And so that's an option um, to if you want some more just some more support in your journey that's really personalized and connected to you like a mentor or a friend to walk along with you in your homeschooling journey and um that's an option to join too but i always suggest if you can't do that at least join my newsletter because it's free and uh, Mm -hmm. every friday i send out five things you can use in your homeschool i always keep it under 500 words and Mm -hmm. i call it five for friday so it's just there to be resources for you so that's the best way to stay connected Mm -hmm. with me um and the sign up is just on my homepage there uh that you can find it uh, and that's a great way if you want to stay connected with me. Mm. I send out all sorts of ideas all the time about who knows anything, anything yeah. goes. I've put in <laughs> so many random ideas in there. I'm just like, oh, this week we're going to have some books. This week we're going to have some videos. This week we're going to have some science. Oh, cool. You never really know. This mm-hmm. week we're going to have some encouragement for you in your homeschool journey because I really like my heart is really in encouraging because mm. I want homeschooling to be joyful for people. And I, I think yeah. it, it, sh- it should be a good experience for you and your family. And I want to help make it that way. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And and Melissa is an idea person. Um, if you haven't figured that out from this broadcast, you know, you have to listen to the one she did a, a while back with me on, on library resources, but she has so many good ideas. Um, so definitely get tapped into her newsletter. Um, you'll be amazed at what you learn <laughs> and all the ideas that she has. Um, so, so thank you, Melissa, for just sharing on this and really kicking off our unit studies for the holidays. Um, centered around what's so important you know it's our families and what a way to so much peggy for having me i really enjoyed being on here it's always a great time to be with you and i love that we had so many people commenting today so Mm -hmm. thanks to everyone who participated in our conversation you added so much value to it and i appreciate that Yes, yes. And we we so much encourage you to get involved in these conversations. If you've only been listening on the podcast, um, I do encourage you to pop on. We um, go live on Tuesdays from 1230 to 130 Central most of the time. Check out our schedule. Um, there are usually some tweaks and changes. Next week, actually, I'm having two broadcasts, one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. Um, the reason for that is because my guest on Thursday had been a guest scheduled for August and then she had got sick and we had to reschedule her, but um, she's one of your favorites. Um, It's Dr. Jan Bedell, who is also um, the vice chair of the SPED Homeschool Board of Directors. Um, She is a neurodevelopmentalist, and we are going to be talking about um, neurodevelopmental strategies for meeting IEP goals. We're finally getting around to that topic, so yay. Um, But then the regular broadcast that we're doing next week is is unit studies, and we're going to talk about holiday unit study ideas with a panel of three three members. Um, so you're going to get just a boatload of ideas. If you're thinking, no, maybe we don't want to do family traditions this year. We want to try something else. Well, you're going to get a lot of ideas <laughs> next week that will probably keep you going till your kids graduate from high school. Um, <laughs> so, um, but we just want to give you um, as many ideas as we can so that it, it just fits your family and your needs. Um, and we know that's that's unique for each of you. So, um, so yeah, awesome. Well, keep up the great work, Melissa. Um, we are just encouraged every time that you're on here, and um, just excited to be able to to help our parents to find your resources and all of your creative ideas for them. So, so thanks so much. And um, yeah, like Melissa said, thank you all for joining um, and being part of this conversation. Um, this broadcast um, is is sponsored by viewers like you. Um, And we at Empowering Homeschool Conversations just want to make sure that you get your the resources that you need. So um, this is an outreach ministry of um, our nonprofit, SPED Homeschool. You can go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home and to help fund our nonprofit outreach. Um, outreach to families, home educating diverse learners, you can um, click donate um, or go to our donate page to find out more. And as we're approaching the end of the year, um, we're we're looking for funding into the next year. And also we're going to do a big fundraiser towards the end of the year. We're going to be raising scholarship funds for families who want to attend our camp next year. And um, and so be looking for that opportunity too. Um, we, we blessed... Um, so many families last year that came live in person and we're looking at repeating that event and even adding one to two more camps next year. And so um, it does get to be a little costly for some of our parents and um, any help that they can get with scholarships is, is well appreciated. So, um, and Ginger says, thanks, Melissa and Peggy, you are welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Ginger. 
and the rest of you. Um, We'll see you same time, same place next week. Um, Until then, take care and God bless everybody and have a great week. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer.